everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. Uh, Hello, everyone. This Hello, is the America. only podcast, the only you? podcast on the web during the pandemic. This is the only podcast. You would think there would be lots of ASL podcasts during the pandemic, but no, this yep. is the only one. Yep. And it's dedicated 100%. And I'm, I say that unequivocally. To the greatest game in the world. What's that, Mike Rizzi? Well, advanced squad leader. Welcome, Mike. Well, thank that you. Was the, that was the correct answer. Well, good. Yeah. I'm uh, send you are... 50 bucks and a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> there are lots of uh, probably new postings on YouTube, but not podcasts. No, that's right. And we're, here we are another, yes, we're in the, the pandemic. We're trying something different again, more technology, trying different recording method this time. And hopefully this will be better than our last recording, which was a little echoey, 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 echoey. And had some problems. So hopefully this will be good. So how is everybody? Dave, how are you? On this May 29th, 2020, I am A-OK. I painted, uh, finished the Timonin's giant patio, porch. Excuse me. It's a patio. It's a porch. What is the difference? Uh, porch has a frame and a roof. <laughs> That's got that. <laughs> okay. A it's patio big. is just outdoor, I think. One has yeah, a O and the other an H. It's a, it's a big yeah. job. It's, uh, it's got the... Walls. They had glass put in. I painted it 13 years ago for about a thousand bucks. It had to be washed. It had to be de mildewed. It had. It was bare wood, and so this time was much easier. Just going over paint that had lasted pretty well, except for of course all the window sills. And Aaron, my son, helped me, so he's getting some work now since we didn't really want him going to get a job in a place with lots of people during that first month and what else is new i got i think everything else is new has been with you guys on vassal that's true I've yeah got a i deck wouldn't for you to look. <laughs> you've got a what a deck, a deck for dave to look at yeah oh okay <laughs> oh i actually mike i i will be looking for a little more work okay and thanks, everybody, for this uh, joining us on this episode of This Old House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, if you look at this mildew here, you're going to get your Joe Max, mix it with a little bleach. It's a nice little mixture we like to use. Scrub that down. Dave, do you advertise yourself, your services on nextdoor.com? No. On what? On nextdoor.com? No. Are you on Nextdoor? No, word of mouth usually, or oh. and I don't want to work every day. Oh, does Laura know that? Yes, she does. She told. She called me. She said, "I want him to work every day." No. 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 Okay. Mike, what have you been up to? Uh, aside from the uh, continuing my role as the emergency national board game director, uh, <laughs> yeah. landscaping, vassal, 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 and vassal. Uh, yeah. It's been busy. Thank God for vassal. The other night, uh, Robin and I watched Gettysburg, the movie Gettysburg. Dave, have you seen that? Interesting. Uh, of course I have, and I have it in my DVD collection from, I think, my father's collection. He passed away, and I'm planning to watch it one more time and then move it to the donate pile. I'm trying to clear out 
DVDs and clear out things. So yeah. know, watch it one more time, move it to the donate pile. Well, you'll yeah. be watching it with me though the next time you watch it. So yeah, don't ask uh, Mike okay, about so. it because he's got opinions. Yes. Well, that's why we're talking about it. He's got them their opinions. <laughs> well, we want to keep this on on target, right? But you get me going, and we'll be here for no, no, a couple hours. This is banter. Think, well, yes, this is banter. Any kind There's, of war game, right? Okay. Yeah, but yeah. So I mentioned it last night because we were gaming uh, last night, Mike and two other guys, and I mentioned that we had watched it and. I voiced my couple of opinions, and I am a complete uh, numbskull as far as Civil War history. Don't know anything about it. Nevertheless, I had opinions about the movie. And uh, then Mike got going, and wow. <laughs> is it that? Is, I, take it, it's, it's, I take it you don't like it so much, Mike? Oh, well, that... I mean, it's entertaining, but, you know, the viewer must not forget that the movie is based on a novel, not on history so much, per se. I mean, of course, it's based on historical events, but the novel is The Killer Angels, oh, yeah. which takes a very, uh, you know, a very specific uh, uh, you know, position on various characters and, and people who were involved in the event. So it is skewed. And, uh, and for the last part. Skewed in favor of? Or well, again? Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, of course, is the hero of the story. And, yeah, and yeah. when you when you interpret the battlefield, of course, uh, people who've seen the movie or read the novel, you know, uh, really latch on to that character. And and he becomes the focus of the whole battle, which is not true. Uh, I mean, no. you know, the whole, you know, <laughs> over the course of the three days, you have you know, multiple heroes, of course. But um, people really, really like their Chamberlain. So. You know, I've been, as you know, I've been a, a Gettysburg aficionado for 30 years, touring the battlefield, you know, participating with various um, organizations that uh, spend a lot of time there. And, and so it's near and dear to my heart. And uh, people need to be educated on how to properly approach the novel and the movie. So yeah. any chance I get to get out there with people and tell them about it. See, I've I've also been involved in some of the in some of the Gettysburg organizations. So, uh, I was involved with the um, Gettysburg grounds crews. So, all I had to do they kept making me go out and pick up garbage all day. So I quit. <laughs> How come? Yeah, it's a long ride. <laughs> <laughs> He's joking. You had me going there, Dave. Jeff, grounds crew, pick up garbage. Yeah. What do you what? Well, I thought maybe you, you know, in your younger days, you. No, but remember. I loved, I loved the diorama that in the round, in the round thing, the painting. What's that called, Mike? Oh, the, the, the cyclorama. Oh man, when I was a kid, oh that I just loved that so much. That's why I think I love those books, the Time Life. No, the. Oh right, um, yep, they're very yes. The, the one with the books. little yeah. the heritage books with the little yes. pictures of all the little guys. Right. Oh man, I love that. Can you tell? Yeah. yeah, really. Well, it's funny uh, that you brought up the gar that garbage joke because I took oh. you seriously for a moment too. Because there are organizations all across the country oh. who travel all the way to Gettysburg annually, or you know, different oh. times of year, to help restore the monuments, clean up the grounds. You know, they do it of purely volunteer. Some people come from far away as Canada, and you know, all oh, over wow. the country. Did not know that. Yes. So I, when you mentioned that, I thought, well, maybe I never heard about this. You did that at some point, but. <laughs> Well, now we know. <laughs> now we know. 
Is there a better Civil War movie? About Gettysburg. Yeah, uh, well, not I about Gettysburg. No, Maybe there's... just about, you know. Uh, no, first about Gettysburg, and then any other one. I can't think of any other Gettysburg movies. Well, yeah. there should be, but okay, what else yeah. is Jeff asks? Oh, uh, I I think Glory. I think most people agree Glory is the <laughs> love Glory top yeah, of the great movie, great movie, movie, uh, Civil War movies. Yeah, and in Gods right. in General is part of the Gettysburg, um, you know, the, the novels that so the characters in those books kind of you can watch them together to get the whole the whole story as as presented by the original novels. Yeah, and you said there's a is there a director's cut of Gettysburg? Uh, yeah, I I think that's pretty standard for like when they play it on TNT and stuff. They, you know, that's, that's the four hour four hours or so. Okay. Yeah, something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Okay. Because I remember when it first came out in theaters, it was about a two and a half hour cut. I think. Yeah. They add a lot more. I mean, it's a much better movie with the extended. Okay, it gets into more topics than Chamberlain as much, but no, not really. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> but it adds a little more, a little more of other stuff. Who did Jeff Daniels play in that? Uh, Chamberlain, Chamberlain. Yeah. with the big mustache. Yeah. Oh, that was him. That is Chamberlain. Yes. Okay. Yeah, was it Little Round Top? Yep, Little Round Top. Exactly. Okay. We made a diorama of Gazer, my brother, with those little Airfix miniatures in plastic. And I don't know, you get what 50 of them in a box or something. He had a couple boxes, he, he did a pretty good job. He made a little round top, big round top. I don't remember the peach orchard or any of that stuff, but um, yeah, I helped him paint all those little minis and we glued them in this big diorama. So you can see why I'm a miniature guy and, and uh, um, miniature war gamer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still need to get the two of you out there and we'll give you a real tour yeah, for sure. Did you, Jeff, to open this part of the conversation, did you say you and Mike were gaming last night? We were, yeah. Oh, with other people? Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, you weren't invited. <laughs> no, we're playing a game called, we're playing a game called Space Empires, and there are only four seats. <laughs> um, and everybody, listeners, I'm kidding, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for that. I don't have time yeah. for these guys. Yeah, how's really, that going at Space Empires? You guys have been doing it for a it's, while. It's going, yeah. Well, it's our second game since we've started it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you uh, finished one and then. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do want back into the Thursday thing eventually. So. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, shall we uh, get on to some letters? Oh, I see how he changes the topic when I bring up me getting into the Thursday group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That group is closed. She doesn't listen to the show. What? And she heard Adam's uh, xylophone playing. Yeah, yeah, the Wanderer. She was like, wow, this was really good. I guess he, <laughs> he was really good. Okay, who's going first? Jeff, you are at the top. 
Okay, I got an email. We got an email from Mr. David Goldman the other day. I guess it was about a week ago, and he's, he writes and he says, necessity is the mother of invention. And, and so maybe this is the second letter. I didn't, for some reason, I didn't get the first letter saying that the ASL Open was being canceled. I don't know when that final decision was made. Was it just yeah. a couple of weeks ago? I got it to my personal email. It yeah. must have been. It must have been in February sometime when it came out, but I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't get it. Anyway, obviously that was canceled. Or they held it without telling us. It's the same reason I'm not invited to Thursday night. That's, that's now exactly. see how you like it. Yeah. Uh, but David writes, uh, necessity is the mother invention, and we're rolling with the punches. I guess he's got a lot of uh, cliches. It's a <laughs> cliche theater. And there's a monkey on my back. Yeah, in, tw in 2020, we will inaugurate the first Vassal ASL Open. Yeah. So he's got a link here to go to aslopen.org. And you can register there, which is, you know, it's really kind of cool that he's going to hold this in this manner. And uh, obviously, you don't have to get on an airplane with a bunch of sneezy people to get here or sleazy people, as the case may be. So uh, there's a link here. We'll post that in the show notes. And there's a list of scenarios and everything. So I, I don't know anything beyond that. Has anybody looked into this any further? No, I, I don't think I'll be playing. Mike, are you playing? No. Because no. we, you know why? Because we're, 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 yeah. we're doing Vassal every, yeah, every, well, yeah, I, yeah, I have every three, day. I have, three, I have three games going, so yes. I don't really want to stop them to do that. Although I would, I will miss hanging with all the dudes, you know, that's what I like to do. Hang out. Um, all those people hanging out, right, Jeff? We like to do that and interview a couple and just hang for a day. And yeah, I'll miss, I'll miss that. Yeah, I will too. <clears throat> So hopefully next year things will be back to normal in that respect. I'm thinking they will be. Yeah. Um, Mike, do you have a letter? I have a letter. It suddenly appeared in front of me. Uh, this is from Louis Padal, who says, Hey guys, thanks for all the great stuff during this goofy time. It has come to my attention that Dave may have missed something he was planning on doing. Rule wow. section B27.5, trenches. I decided to occupy myself by undertaking maple leaf route scenario number six, grenades and bayonets. This scenario is chock full of stuff to make a very casual player dig into the rulebook. Creeping barrage, trenches, bunkers, wire, mist, and a leader, starting both heroic and fanatic. I reviewed terrain time segments from your show to help me up, get up to speed, but Dave forgot to continue entrenchments from trenches onward in episode 189. Dave said he would do that section in a future episode, but I cannot find it. I probably. will say, <laughs> yeah, prepping, prepping with your stuff and then getting into the rules heavily helped. In honor of all of Dave's playtest work, I intend to start my first finished scenario from Hakapale this weekend. Yay. And I'm getting things started by having a traditional finished dish, which I will mispronounce here, Kalatiko, for dinner tonight. Hmm. Given Dave's liking for mood, mu uh, bleh, mood music for playing ASL, perhaps this may benefit him the next time he opens Hakapali. And there's a link. Yes, to one, again, to a link to one hour of Finnish music. So I have it bookmarked for next time I can get together with somebody in person. Music doesn't work as well on the vassal. I like to play it in the background. You guys know that, right? Yeah, yes, I think it's. I think we should play it. A little bit while we talk. Yeah, can you play it? 
right now? I could try. I don't have speakers, though. Well, but this is a Mac. It's Mike not... mentioned something last night about being able to have uh, watch parties. Is it, Mike, you were saying like yeah. the disc, uh, with Discord uh, or Discord, something? Discord, uh, subscribers. There's some method you can subscribe to Discord, and you get perks, one of which is to uh, host. You know, some people can have a streaming that the other participants in the channel can watch with you. So some sort of streaming party or... You were participants. Yeah, amazing. We got to try that. Maybe we could try that with a movie or something. something. Yeah. Hakapale! someone else have a letter how's my volume on that jeff that's good now that's, <laughs> what a great song you on the, the next letter i feel like i should be saluting or something yeah really something with a fish i feel like i should be saluting with a fish with a herring <laughs> a herring i've got a letter here from larry mcintyre from the big island of hawaii Aloha, Half Squads. Really enjoyed your discovery of Vassal and all its incredible attributes. A few additional items came to mind while you were discovering what all the buttons do and their locations. First, if you're discussing a specific hex, the easiest way to ID that hex is to hold down the control button on your PC and then use your mouse to click on that hex that you want to ID. A red circle then appears. Also, in situations where your units have different ELRs, you can simply right-click on the unit and scroll down to Label and click on the Label and then type in, for example, ELR5, and then hit Enter, and it'll appear at the top of that counter, and we'll move along with it. Uh, yes. So you can label lots of things, and I think I discovered that uh, when we were playing, Dave. I think I labeled my leaders. Yeah, and your tanks. And my tanks, yeah. Yeah, labeling is one of the best functions in the system. Because, uh, like, with your tank, you can label it. Like I was showing Dave when we do all of the cur our current scenario is a ton of acquisitions, labeling the acquisitions to keep track. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, there's a million things you can do. With yeah, that. we didn't do that. Uh, also, when setting up a game, the drag overlays area are used to set up for place an SSR overlay onto your map. They match up all those overlays we have meticulously cut out, which I have never done because it looks too hard. I, 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 don't, I don't like anything that's meticulous. Cutting them out, you haven't done that? I've never cut them out. I have them in full sheets. I thought maybe they'd be more valuable as they're uncut. Harder to use, maybe. But um, Also, when initially setting up a game, after choosing boards and their configuration, you can then completely change the boards terrain like hills are all now clear terrain etc etc keep up the great information and the shows and by all means roll low thank we you will. Larry. thanks larry good letter indeed i have a letter from hugh um oh he's talking about uh 
Hope we're staying safe. Uh, can he share a prototype of his map with us? It's a coin series game based on the Troubles, which is the Irish Republican Army stuff, I think. The Irish Rebellion stuff, the Troubles. Mike Rizzi, do you know anything about that? But yeah, you know what I think, the, right. He's working on It's a coin game, right? Is that what it what, said? Yeah, coin. Was that the, you taught me about that, the counterinsurgency thing? It's counterinsurgency. Yep. Yeah, it's games themed from counterinsurgency, but it's also a different, it's a system that uses cards and, and um, the rules are a little more Euro game plus war game. So it's not strictly war games. They're a little more participatory and they have multiple players and each of the players has their own agendas. So you're doing a sort of a um, asymmetrical thing. And like one of them, just off the top of my head, is like the Revolutionary War. You know, the, the Patriots are trying to become independent, but then you also have somebody playing Native Americans. So they're trying to have their own, you know, they have their own goals. So it, it's good at modeling these things where you have different factions, different goals. So the game's kind of, the system interacts in this variety of ways. Yeah, and this is his game's going to be based on the uh, Northern Ireland 1965 to it looks like 1998, I think. So that could be cool. So it's kind of a non-binary game. It's neither a war game nor a euro game. It's a it's, it's a, a mystics. It's a mystics. There you go. Yeah, and then with that, he's developing some cards like the Hand of Friendship. Said Anglo-Irish relations at plus two. Is that NAT support at plus one? What's that? I don't know the NAT. National, uh, maybe the, I don't know. Unionist support at NEG one. So different kind of cards. That's a 1965 event. So thanks for sharing that, Hugh. We'll look forward to it someday. Mike, do you have another one? I do. I have one from Alan Hume. Oh, can, you do it in a, can you do it in a Scottish accent? I, I will not attempt that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys thanks for the latest episode great stuff as ever i hope you and yours are doing okay during this difficult time self-isolating isn't much fun but we've got to do it saying that the uk will look at the situation this coming thursday so who knows but i reckon we will continue to be locked down that would be the most sensible course of action good news he says despite all Despite it all, Pete has been busy working hard and will release the new copy of View from the Trenches on the 1st of May, so that's something to look forward to at least. Good to see MMP releasing the old out-of-print magazines in PDF format. I don't have all of them, so I should really pick those up at some point. My good friend John Martin has bought them all already. Anyhow, as I say, thanks again for doing a great show, and stay safe. Alan Hume. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, I, bought, I went ahead and bought the uh, annuals and the journals. And I think, what was there, an Out of the Attic? Did you guys bite on those or not? I, I no. already have them, so I didn't. I didn't. Well, well, I have them too, Mike. But Oh, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really debated it. And then I figured, you know what, to have it digitally, to have it with the half squads recordings, maybe we need to check something. Okay, now it's on my computer. And then I yeah. can kind of go back and read any old article, maybe like when I'm on vacation or, my, or go and visit, you know. Ohio trips, whatever. I went ahead and bid on it. Yeah, I think that's pretty nice. And I, I've noticed a change in MMP. They've been a lot more vocal, as we, we may have mentioned before. They're more present on Twitter, which is nice. A lot of activity there. They're, they're liking our stuff, and they're posting stuff, and they're releasing stuff on PDF. I know they released one of the uh, starter kit rule books for free. I think it was 
for Starter Kit 4 now that the rule book for Starter Kit 4 is available right on their website. And I just think it's super. It's super. That's good. Yeah. Good for them. And yeah, thanks, Alan, for writing. We've, you know, uh, the other day, it was a very nice day in Chicago, which is odd at this time of year. So uh, my wife and I decided to go, we said, let's get out of the house and go out a little bit. But we didn't want to go to a park because the parks are full of people that have been like with cabin fever. And they all have like 12 kids. So they're all running around and like, there's no room at the park. We thought, where can we go outside where there aren't so many people? So we packed a lunch and we went to the cemetery. And um, oh, we went to the Shalom Cemetery in Arlington yeah. Heights. Yeah, I know where that is. Had a very nice time there for about a half an hour. And then we said, you know, we should go visit uh, my mom, who's buried uh, near Evanston, and my dad because we didn't get over there for Mother's Day. So we went over there. That's a beautiful cemetery. And there are not a, there were not a lot of people above ground. Um, and it was uh, beautiful and quiet <laughs> and very nice. You mean like the zombie apocalypse hadn't happened yet? It had so not happened uh, yet. Yeah. Bodies above ground? Either that or they were all uh, done away with already. So anyway, yes. Uh, do I get the next letter? I have a... Uh, where did I get this from? I don't know. It looks like I sent it to us. So it's a VASL 101 Lesson 7 Navigating the Menu on YouTube. Have you guys seen these things? No. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it looks like it is uh, lots of episodes on Virtual ASL. Very nice uh graphic on it uh i think i watched part of it i'm trying to see here who hosted it i'll cut this out oh no leave it in your your beautiful voice leave that in. <laughs> yeah this That's is catchy uh, tune asl in real time 422 subscribers yeah uh, these guys play ASL in real time. Boy, I think I maybe watched a little bit of that, too. But anyway, there's a whole list. Lesson four, cropping your boards. Lesson two, basic board setup. Yep. And they do an ASL long play decision at L. So ASL in real time. I recommend everybody do that. We will post a link. Jeff, do you have one? I have a letter from Dennis, who uh, I don't think this is our Dennis, our usual Dennis. But he wrote, uh, this is a comment that he left on episode 247, Curse, Skype, Love, Vassal. Hi, guys. Welcome to the wild, wide, wide world of Vassal. You were talking about saving a Vassal game as a text file. It will make a text list of each counter and the hex they are in. I use that when I do a setup at home and bring it to a tournament or club meet. It expedites the setup, the setup process it does. So uh, that's a good one to know. Yeah. They should start charging for Vassal, don't you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> Buy the die roll. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be, wouldn't oh. that be funny if somebody really did start to monetize it? Dave, you got a you got a sniper there. Oh, uh, I think I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Order, yeah. <laughs> order to try and get that to go off. Uh, yeah. Out of six, I don't think so. Do you have one, Mike? I do. This is a short one from uh, Martin Vicka. 
I think he's responding to something else. He's uh, the problems you were having. Uh, he says also go into preferences and until the used combined windows and make sure the here he says Duce over map is ticked. The talking about the dice over map. Yeah, means you have a full screen map. And he was responding, I think, to some Twitter stuff about me not being able to see my dice, or maybe we set it on the air, I guess. So, Mike, what, how, what was the solution to that? There was a button to click? Uh, there was a button and the little, the icon of the orange cover, the ASL figure, the soldier. In there, there were a bunch of preferences, one of which was to click on the dice over map option. Oh. So when you when you roll the dice, you see it on the map as opposed to in the chat window where the dice in the chat. Oh. Yes, Jeff, it puts up a column along the side of the window with all those oh. little dot symbols, and then it pops up and shows the die roll for maybe three seconds or four, and then it disappears. And if you want to go look at it again, you can go back to your yeah, what do you okay, call that? Yeah, or something. The the main the vassal controls window, I think, is what that. Yeah. Was. Yes. Yes. It's more fun than the game itself. I will say I really enjoy, I have really enjoyed uh, exploring like we've done uh, the last couple of times we've played and I've struggled a little bit uh, finding stuff, but it's pretty cool. I'm digging it. Yeah, it just takes some getting used to and yeah, yeah. Uh, I have notification, I have a, uh, like to thank uh, all our subscribers. Uh, we have a donation from John Vinal. John, I think he's first-time donor. I don't know. But anyway, thank you so. so much, John. Ding, ding, ding. And thanks to all of our um, Patreon subscribers and anyone who's helped us out over the years. So, Jeff, you have one? I've got one from Rick from MKE. He left a comment on episode 247 about Skype and uh, Curse Skype and Love Vassal. Be sure to occasionally click save game in the file menu as you play in case the server crashes or something else interrupts you. And you can click begin log file to save the entire session to a scroll through uh, so you can scroll through it later, which is at some point I'll do that. Right now I'm still learning the, still learning how it all works, so uh, it would be yeah. ugly. To, Mike, is that what we got going when we play where it says like, Tank moved here to here and sex to this section. Well, yeah, there's you see the text. You always see the text readout of everything that's happening on the screen. Yeah. But you can also you know record the the log file as you're playing, and then you can play it back and watch it on the screen too. You don't have to just follow along with the text. You can actually watch the pieces move. You know as fast as you oh. click, like a slideshow. You just watch the the game. Oh. Play out. Yeah, and that's still oh. recorded in there somewhere. Well, you have to click. You have to when you start a game. You have to save oh. the. You have to start it up. You have to say you know start log file, and then it just goes through this. You know it just records each step as you take it, and then when you're done, you hit end log file and then save right. that file separately from your save file. You save a log file, and then you can watch it. We'll have um, to do that on our upcoming game, Dave, that yeah. we're going to be starting on Monday or whenever it is. Yeah, it would just be a kick to watch. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'd be so meaningful or anything, but Mike, do you have another letter? I do. I have a comment here from Grumble Jones who says, you can also play cardboard via Skype and avoid the vassal hassle. You only need Skype and a dual setup and you're on your way. Just an option. Grumble Jones, thank you very much for that. Yeah, that's true. Mike, Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike Lempius. Yeah. That that's how he plays. They have a camera looking at their dice. 
yeah. uh, cup, and then it, they just have their maps on each side. Huh. Just do it. That might be fun to try sometime too, Dave. Yeah. If we both have the same maps out and I we remember try years it ago trying to do it just over the telephone with somebody. <laughs> oh no kidding. Yes. Just I'm moving here. Okay, taking a shot. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't worry, you know, you, you can't obviously you're playing with somebody you don't mind if they're rolling the dice on their own, but uh, but we tried it. I don't suppose yeah. anybody's played by actual mail, have they? Well, I mean, what kind of games, you know, I'm a relatively poor <laughs> gamer. I know I've always heard about guys that would play games by mail. Now, chess, I can understand chess. But what other games were popular? Dave, did you ever do that? No. Well, they were planning on it, though. If you remember from first edition ASL rulebook, there is a chapter heading that was never published called Postal ASL, which was supposed to use the old techniques we used to use way back when for playing by mail it in. Yeah, I, think Mike, I did not know. Mike, did you actually do the by mail? Not with ASL. But other, but other games, games yes. Yeah, Jeff, he did. Wow. Like he what was... games? Do you remember? Oh, like the, a lot of the old Avalon Hill games, uh, oh, the original okay. stuff, you know, 60s and 70s era type games where, yeah. uh, you know, you just you send the moves of the file and, you know, or, or you can have a randomizer by typically you would just look at the stock papers for that day. You'd find random numbers using columns on the stock report for that day, and that would be your randomizer. So, wow. Uh, yeah. I have a letter from Scott Mullins. I don't want to reveal too much, but it's he asked us about using our our, our personalities, Jeff, our characters, our, our real life selves in a scenario. Uh, he's working with Rick Reinish. It's going to be quite the uh, adventuresome ASL thing using our hero counters. So I'm looking forward to it, Scott. Uh, that's Grumble Jones. It's nice to be a celebrity. So looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. that'll be fun. You got another letter, Jeff? Uh, yes, I've got one here from Stu. Stu. Episode 244, Here We Go, A Vaseline. By the way, Dave, very clever title. You know what? After I read that letter, I was thinking, maybe I saw that in one of the annuals or something. I will have to go back and double oh, check. So right? I don't want to take credit. Yeah, if I stole okay. it, I would confess it now. My In college, I made an art show. And you, Jeff, you know my... My real paintings are all about nuclear stuff. And, oh, yeah. Well, there's yeah. my Lord of the Rings illustrations, but my, and I called my show War Games. Guess what movie came out the next month? Uh, the Way We Were? <laughs> no. <laughs> Starts with a W. Oh, um, War of the Worlds? Uh, no. I, no, closer. <laughs> War Games. <laughs> Oh, War Games. Oh. And I'm like, what? They stole my title. They did. Yep. And I was I was not even a War Gamer at that time. If you can believe it. So, anyway. I do. Do you want to play a game, Dave? A War Game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a uh, line from the movie. Yes. Would you like to oh, play? Oh, yes, you're, you're right. Yeah. It is. You're right. It is. Um, I would like to get those War of the Worlds miniatures, those new ones that came out, Jeff. We said, do you do you and I see them at Gen Con? Uh, I don't know if we saw them at Gen Con. I saw them online somewhere uh, not too long ago, and they look fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many t replay value you get with that, but it would be fun to make them, paint them, and trot them out. But, okay, Mike, you well, have we a... don't have to worry about the Martians now, considering yeah. the circumstances. Right. They, they will stay away. They're keeping yes. socially distant in the uh, other part of the solar system. <laughs> they learned about germs. Yeah. Quite. 
Yes, I do have another letter here from Hong Kong Wargamer who says, hey, folks, when it comes to leader hero counters, you can do control N and name the counters, which comes up different versus control L and labeling it. So, yeah, with control N, you can oh. label the name where the name typically goes on an ASL counter, you know. Uh, or that That's what I discovered counter. the other day. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I named all of mine Jeff Hallett. I don't know. All my leaders. Is that wrong? Well, if you like to die a many deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did. Okay, is, uh, is that enough letters? Uh, I'm good. And what did everybody think? Mike, you yeah. got any left? Well, I've got well another comment from Hong Kong Wargamer who mentions yeah. Um, yeah. silent LOS check. It's true your opponent won't see you when you're drawing the LOS to or from a hex. But however, your opponent knows that you're doing a silent the silent LOS because the system announces it in the chat box. Ah, okay. Which, yeah. Okay. And it reminds me of, we were trying to think of examples the last time we were talking about this of when you do a silent LOS check and we've been doing it in our game with both having off-board artillery observers. We can draw that line silently because we don't want to reveal to each other where that off-board artillery observer is. Ah. So you can draw the line of sight without the opponent seeing it. Right. No, it shows up in the chat box. It shows up that you're doing it, but it you don't have to reveal the hex where the, where the observer is sitting. Yeah. Whereas if you use the other one, both sides can see. See the line drawn on the map. Yeah. Oh, I did not realize this. So the invisible one, ice, does it show me what, what hex numbers I put it in? Just no, you, you if you're the one drawing it. Yeah, because I see it come up. And I'm like, I can't do that because Mike's going to know where I'm at. Not if you're going through the silent. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Hey, is there a way to just, like, open a board and play around with the lines of sights? On a separate computer. Yeah, you, right? You could just do it anytime, right? Well, you could. Sure. Like, you if could. you... Okay, does it show... Does it show up the... um Like, Mike, in our game, we have all those orchards we're shooting through. Right. It doesn't really tell you plus one through the orchard. No, it? no. Oh, okay, it should that do. Would be be, nice. Yeah, that would be, that would be cool. nice. Okay, that if they ever if they something. do that, then I'll think. Okay, maybe it's okay. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's cool, but not till then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's what I wanted to do to teach myself a little better with the line of sight and hindrances. I know yeah. it well enough, but it'd be fun to be able to play on a map and just see it get blocked by orchards. And I think it would help you to remember learn it better. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, that's a really great thing that you mentioned dave because where i always get screwed up is different elevations lines of sights on different yeah. elevations like those trees those are two level height uh, you know hindrances or whatever i i often get that screwed up and um doing the line of sight checks with that it does show you that at least at least if there's a hindrance yeah if no well, it shows you if it's blocked by a or building. if it's blocked if it's yeah. blocked yeah. It doesn't doesn't show you if it goes through a hindrance. Yeah, I mean, right. visually you see it, but you don't know yeah. if it's low enough to count or not. Yeah. yeah. I would just like to take this moment to thank one of our beautiful sponsors, Bounding Fire Productions. Absolutely. They have been a faithful sponsor of the show for decades. And we thank them very much. And we invite everybody to head over to BoundingFire.com and look at all the cool stuff. Even if you don't play ASL, Go over there and buy some stuff because they make it look so tasty. It's like candy. And I, uh -huh. like, 
I like candy. They've got the new uh, Onslaught to Orsha 2, and if you don't have that, you better get it because they won't have it for long, and then you'll have to buy it from Dave off of eBay for two or three times the price. Hey, my daughter uh, has this beautiful statue of, of Beauty and the Beast with a crystal globe that's with the rose in it, and you can shake it, and silvery things would fall down, and it's giant, over a foot tall, and it's beautiful, and it's music, plays the song. And I'm like, this is so great. And she came over. I'm like, Megan, here's your Beauty and the Beast thing because she moved out. So, yeah, I don't think I want it, Dad. I'm like, what? It's so, I was just like shocked. I'm like, this is so gorgeous. It's like a model you would build. I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, I should keep this thing, you know, and put it with my models. Yeah. But I guess I just love models and stuff like this. Beauty and the Beast. I mean, come on. But guess what? Guess who checked eBay? You. Hundred bucks. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell her. I'm just gonna sell it and keep her hundred bucks. Yes. We're gonna be looking at Onslaught Dorsha too soon. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's gonna and be another of our sponsors is Broken Ground Design. And I've got some gifts from Broken Ground Design tonight for our listeners. You know, I have been putting all their beautiful color counters into all these new cases. I'm gonna soon tweet out pictures of them all. Uh Man, I'm up to 30 plus tray, new trays, Jeff. And my wow. insane. It's insane. It. Um, they're so beautiful, though. And we have the sniper sets. Now, the sniper counters are labeled number two, three, four, five, six, I think seven. Uh, and so you put out the sniper with the number on it that you're using for that game. So we would just offer these out to any listener. I think we'll say first one to email us. For this show, we're going to offer out the Finn, Finnish, Italian, and Japanese sniper sets. You can only get one, listeners. So just this is easy, cheap postage for us, Jeff. We'll just put them in an envelope, wrap them in a piece of paper, and mail them to someone. So, Are you going to lick the envelope? No, no. We're okay, good. Water. All right, good. And spray a little, a little Lysol on it. Yeah, there you go. So, listeners, whoever is interested in a wonderful sniper set uh, to add to your normal collection or whatever, uh, just send us a message and be the first. And just tell us which set you want. Is that yep. it? Yep. Yep. Okay. Pick one, and if it's you're complicated, you may, wanna, you may want to say choice one, two, and three. So oh yes. Okay. Choice is already gone. You could I will give you we'll send you your second choice. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming by the fifth of June they'll already be gone, I would assume. But yeah, I would assume so. Okay, that's why it's important to be watching every day for when the new two half squad episodes drop. Indeed. Yeah. Maybe we should get those on a schedule, like the first and the fifteenth. That's pretty, we've been hitting pretty good the last six months, haven't Within we? Within a week or so, either side. That's pretty Actually, good. Actually, I think a us. day. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, we've good. Been, I'm nailing it, Jeff. Thanks yeah. to you. Thanks to you. Well, I get it. All your hard work. All right, so thanks to those sponsors. Yes. And what's next? Oh, what have you been playing lately? Should I get the flute? Yeah, you should get the flute. You're just, you know, now we're doing it remote. You're just like 
just letting up on all the special effects. Talk amongst Jack. yourselves. We need a live. You need a live <laughs> band. We do. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? Oh, Jeff, did you hear Ian Anderson has a lung disease? I, he has COPD. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. That's very sad. Yeah. I mean, he says that um, he says that it's not really it's not really bothering him. Yeah, that he gets he can get through. He's sorry. Is it? <laughs> you stop that. Is it going to be fatal? What is Pooh doing there? This is uh, Ginger, the dog. Oh, not Winnie the Pooh. Not Winnie the Pooh. He's always getting in the way. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, very sad to hear that, uh, yeah. Ian Anderson. Mike Rizzi, what have you been playing lately? Yeah. With me. With you. What was the one we played? The one out you want to talk about? Out of Cowardice. Out of Cowardice. Yes. Okay. I was well, all broke for another game. But yes. Before that, we did the Bal Balkan sideshow. Yes. And that was in person, my friend. Well, we, we used to play this game live, didn't we? <laughs> yes. And so. Back in the olden days. We did a yes. Hungarian <laughs> game out of Cowardice, ASL 1112. 1112. And. Uh, where's um, that from? One of the journals, or uh... no, no, an no, actual... that's from Armies of or, Oblivion. Armies of yeah. Oblivion. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. So if it's the Hungarians, okay. Thank you. And after we played this one twice, um, I had punched my new Romanian counters from Broken Ground Design, and decided I'd like to wait till we're in person again. To yeah, use I know. Hungarian, Romanian we counters. Will. So we, we put it off, but for now, what'd you learn from that game? Any thoughts about those, that scenario? From the Out of Cowardice game? Yeah. We played twice. Uh, well, no, we played that one three times, as you may recall. <laughs> oh, wait, I do see, wait. He may as soon as he comes out of his stupor. Wait, I do, I wrote it down three times. I wrote yes. down MR, Mr. I didn't know who Mr. was. Yes, I am Mr. I wrote down, I won with the Yugos. Yep. Basil. Oh, I remember. Yep, you remember I, now. I was waiting for it all to come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell them, Mike? Go ahead. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, um, uh, now, who was, on the, who was on the attack in that one? That was the... Okay. Uh, Hungarians. Hungarians on the attack. That's correct. Yes. Okay. okay. Mike came down... Mike attack with the Hungarians. No. Yes. 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 First time we played. Yes. Yes. I played the Yugoslavians who are falling back to protect some buildings. Now they do this odd roll. Right. The the roll is what really changes what the game is all about. It's a one die roll, and it tells you if they get how many extra. Well, how many troops they get it. Well, the um, partisans. Yes. So you have your core set of um, Yugoslavs, right? And then you get a die roll that determines how many partisans you get. But depending on that, so the more partisans you get, the more buildings you have to hold. So it changes the victory conditions of the whole game. So if you get max partisans, you have to hold on to all the buildings. And if you only get one partisan, you can hold only one or two at the end to win. Yeah, so, and they all, they all, all the buildings tend to be in one. For us, it was a horizontal game on Vassal. So in the lower left corner for right. us, 
Um, and then Mike attacked up through the woods down on one side where I had put a b mostly dummies, which didn't fool him at all, right? Right. <laughs> he came right into the dummies. Um, but then there's a stretch of open ground. That little stretch of open ground, yeah. So the guys up on the hill can do a pretty good job of sweeping that area. Yeah, and did you send guys up the hill too? I yeah. had a force up the hill too. And yep. vehicles too. There's and the vehicles, right? Yep, little tin cans. Yeah, the thirty-eight millimeter Toldi one, Toldi, Toldi, and a Casaba armored car and little tankettes. And you did some overrunning, which yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but then in the end, how did that one end? I think I um, just was, I needed one more building or something like that, and I didn't get to it. Yeah, just right. one short. Yeah, was there one a short. Maybe there was a close combat I think I won. Yeah, something along those lines. In that last one, on the last turn. Right. So, so then we switched sides. Then we what switched happened? sides, yes. Then um, Mr. Kleinschmidt decided to run his leader <laughs> and three squads as a stack out into the open ground. What? No, they were in the woods. Oh, they were in the woods. Okay, yeah. I, but but you I, were coming down that road. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. I, I did the same woods move Mike did. Yes. And thought I could make it across that little open ground if the dice rolls went a little better. I'd make it. And I lined up a whole stack in the woods, right? In the yeah. woods, but I seem to remember... Yeah, I guess it was. I waited until you stacked there, and then I took the shot from the hill. And it was a neg... It was, yeah, it was... It was low. I mean, I rolled a two or a three. Yeah, and I think mm -hmm. I rolled boxcars. Yeah, oh. it was. I mean, everything went away. It was just breaking <laughs> ELR. I mean, the stack, there was nothing left at the end of that shot. Oh, my so, gosh. So uh, that game lasted five minutes because Dave was like, nope, it doesn't care. This will count it. We're resetting. And we started it over. So, so Mike won the second game. So I won the second game. How and far then, into how far in did you get before turn, that happened? Turn one, turn oh. one, movement phase one. <laughs> yep, <laughs> first first Hungarian move. Right. So we reset, and then I played the Hungarians again. Yeah, you played the Hungarians again. the The key difference this time was that when I rolled, because you roll every time you set up for the new setup based on that whole partisan um, building uh, dichotomy. Uh, I rolled the max. I rolled six, which gave me the maximum amount of partisans, but I could not lose any of the appropriate buildings. So my defense had to be right up front, right on that first building. And that was harder than when the first time we played, because uh, I had to get a, you know farther, because David rolled somewhere in the middle. I think you were, you know, yeah, I had to take like half of the buildings, and you had yeah. half. Partisans and um, yeah. so this one I had I, I it was it was difficult because you you know that first building that's on the hill if you remember was the key where you move that tank up and uh, blast it away into it and they routed and right. then I could never I could never get an appropriate counterattack to take it back because I had to hold all the buildings so uh, it's supposedly a secret right I mean I don't I think we had decided you don't. You didn't know that I had to hold all the buildings. Correct. We were questioning that. Prior yeah. to setup, makes a secret die roll to determine the partisan forces and the victory conditions on this chart, the number and the 
come or show something yeah so it is secret and we were like well do they mean secret and then we were trying to deduce if you find a yeah. nine egg one liter and a seven O, you would right. know you would know something yeah. Other than that, you could be guessing for a long time. But it's a six-turner. It's a short board. Right. It's. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a quick game. It's a good one. Was it's it balanced? Do you remember? No. Uh, I think... No, it wasn't. Yeah, they were. It was heavily in favor of the Hugo. Hugo. Yeah. 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 Okay. So give them the balance at least, or even add something else to the Hungarians. I mean, that's that's what I say. Yeah. I mean, it's so much of it comes down to that die roll. I mean, it's fun because it's quirky like that, but, you know, it's hard to say. I think it would be hard to rate that one on that, based on that. Yeah. And maybe the Hungarian players don't, you know, they use those vehicles correctly. It could be right. extra. Oh, that was the thing about the vehicles. Remember, you had to roll stall for them every turn, even oh, if they... that's right. Pushed. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the partisans are, leaders are all set up hip. Right. So, and they could do multi-offs against vehicles. I think That's, you try to try to couple oh, that, them and get them. Yes, in that last game, right? I was, I had, oh, there was more than a couple. <laughs> <laughs> like seven, I think I had seven, no less than seven mall checks, and not a single one came off. Yeah, and they could have killed the tank pretty. Yeah, easy. oh yeah. So it. So, so yeah, we played out of cowardice, and then uh, should we jump, Jeff, jump over to our game? Yeah, let's do. Um, maximum aggression, J one six six. Japanese British. Right. right. Where did this one come from? J's or your journals? Uh, oh yeah. And it's funny. I thought it was like one in order or something, Jeff. It's it's not. It was like fifty scenarios ahead of where where I left off. I think, but. Um, it's by Michael Koch. Okay, not Chris's. I don't believe no relation relations. to Chris. Yeah, her, okay. yeah. Um, and tell us about that game. Uh, Americans versus the Japanese. Uh, no, British. Was British. It? Was it the British versus the Japanese? British had to hold on to uh, at least four buildings. Was it four or six? It was four. They had to come on. Yeah, and, four. Actually, they. Some of the British set up where they can hold some buildings, and then other British come on and turn one. So, yeah, the, and it's the Japanese duty to go in and try to keep the British from maintaining four buildings by the end of turn six. And Michael Koch, it, Koch is the is, we're, we're going to interview him. He was he's from the Grenadier tournament. Ah, okay. I'll contact him probably like tomorrow. Yeah, good. Then we can tell him we played his scenario. Yeah. It was a good scenario, I I thought. It was, yes. It was fun. Partly Did fun. The British kind of have a tough tough way coming up from off board. They've got kind of a long way to go. Um, and there's a lot of open ground there. Though the Japanese, if they're going to set up that far forward so that they can really protect all that open ground, they're, uh, they won't be able to fall back in time to control what they need to control by the end. So... Yeah, so you did set up a little bit in the front. A little bit. I had a few just so that you couldn't waltz on because I know how you like to waltz. <laughs> and then I did that shoot around the right flank thing, which I thought was going so well. And it was. Well, 
it, but it wasn't because even if it, it, it was a turn short. Yeah, that that was it. It was a turn short. You came up a turn short. And I thought I actually thought I was going to be a turn short. I think I waited a little bit too long and it got a little tense there toward the end. So you moved some of your defensive line troops up back up to the little village. Right. My British holding out in the village, two, two and a half squads, seven oh and a light machine gun. Um, yeah, you left them alone. You had some squads around them, but you didn't really attack until no. three when the rest of your dudes showed up. And that was enough, man. Just, you know, right? You move the Japanese close, they stripe. Yes. I can fire all I want. They stripe. They stripe. And there they sit. And if the British break and they're out. and um, I'm not saying uh, you didn't play well because certainly I was a turn short with the mass of my troops. Inexcusable, folks. But a five-turner. And you had uh, you had what vehicle? You had one vehicle open top. Yes, a marm, a marm. Yeah, hair. the marm car. I think it was a car, right? The armored car, right? Twenty six movement factors. So they got that little building off to the right, but I again I sent like nine squads that way and fell short a couple of hexes, one hex in one yeah. case of even getting in to try and fight you in melee, which you still would have won. And then we, you refreshed your memory. We learned to remember some things about the Japanese. They always, if they're the attacker, they get the hand-to-hand. Right. Yes. Whenever they go in. Right. Optional, but it right. wasn't optional. Yeah. And they get the nag one. So I think you would have even won even better <laughs> if we just did that. Yeah. But yeah, good game. And I like the way he, he has it set up with that little group in the village holding out while this other big group of the Sutherland Highlanders and second Argyles come in to try and rescue them and hold the rest of the victims yeah. in the village. Yeah. And it's fun playing with uh, huts. Oh yeah. You played you... huts for a while. Cause you yeah. shoot through those huts and right. you know, and right. you drove through one and collapsed it. And, yeah. <laughs> and we looked fun. to see if they'd start on fire. They never did, but yeah, Mike, we do that correct, right? You can shoot through the huts. Yeah, right. It's, I think so. Yeah, it's so, it yeah. blows my mind. It's so unusual to be doing. We haven't done Pacific in a while. So. Yeah. So I'm, and so I'm glad, ahead. as a result of that, I'm glad that uh, we're going to play those next couple that you've picked out. We're doing a, two or three scenarios from... Yeah, well, first is the one from Hell's Corner. Oh, Hell's Corner, right. And I tweeted out about some of the map on that. So, yeah, we have that one little one left because we'd already played a bunch of those. If listeners go back, whatever, eight years, ten years, you'll, you'll see those. Hey, Nadir. Nadir made one of them. And Shaz Argent made the other. We interviewed oh, okay. Nadir, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Remember yeah. Alfara. Um, so, anyway, and then we're going to, yes, jump into some Watchtower ones. Yeah, cool. Uh, Mike, what else we got going? We've started the Grand Operation Schmidt series. Oh. By Bounding Fire. Should have been called Operation Klein Schmidt. It should have been. That's played... how I talked you into it, that's for sure. <laughs> we played Conscript Counter. Yes. At OS1. And this had the Russian Germans the conscripted Russians 
in the German Grenadier Army Infantry Division. Um, defending that part of the town. Is that Schmidt or is that it's, that other town? No, it's Schmidt. That's the Schmidt map. I meant to do some aerial uh, photography searches right. on Google. I'll have to go back and do that. <clears throat> it's a historical map. A lot of levels. Slopes. Nope. Slopes are not a problem, folks. Well, it really helps with that bounding fire insert that came with uh, the packet, with the instructional slope pages. Very helpful. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I'll read that through. And um, yeah, not real problem. And so there's from the top of this hill, I'm in the village. Mike's coming on off board. And what, I put like one or two one, things. To well, you had that. one officer who was calling in the... Uh, the mortar you got so really the only thing i could oh. see was the officer himself who was i believe concealed but uh so i was able to run across the hall at open ground with the <laughs> the one shot i think that the mortar got off <laughs> yeah that was it oh man it i should have put some dummies up there i just didn't think he would do that <laughs> <laughs> So he runs across, it looks like six, seven hexes of open ground with yeah, all easily. his troops. Oh, wow. Twelve of them. And he's in the village already. So I'm thinking, well, I can't just quit like I did the other time. Right. <laughs> well, and a good thing you didn't. I mean, because that was my, you know, the highlight of the attack. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got into this house to house fighting. The first line of houses, you had just a few conscripts, and I managed to get, you know, I mean, I'm dealing with a 666 American, so I was taking, you know, 18 shots uh, at your little conscripts who made every morale check. Oh, yeah. There were you were getting of... one and two morale checks on those guys, and it, oh, you just have to roll a three, three, two, three. <laughs> That's how easy it is. That's all you got to do. <laughs> but I had a good fallback defense for a change. Yes. Right. So I would recommend to the German player or the Russian German player to fall back along the left. Well, let's see. Yeah, the west. Fall back along all those buildings in the west edge and play it down to the bottom corner. Make the American come all that distance, even if you're just like, you know, moving back a hex and then advancing back. I got excited at one point, moved that big machine what I remanned a machine gun or something. Right. And I knew it was just a dice roll between us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a good die roll and you broke. I just won myself a turn. Right. And if, if, if I rolled bad and you stayed, you would just blast me the next shot. Yeah. Right. Cause you had, yeah, six morales also. So yeah, right. Right. And the, uh, the morale. Well, I was, yeah, I was, I was making morale checks. That was because the American can only take up to eight, cvp or they're done oh right right so i kept remember i kept making the my on my rallies i kept cring i was rolling box yeah, yeah that yeah that so is. i lost the game for myself through uh bad rallying oh not my strategy that too no the one thing that you did well was that machine gun sitting in that at the base of the hill sweeping up the hill i could yeah. not get that guy out of there yeah it, there's crazy. kind of it was like a little set of two or three houses off to the side, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, and it's for, far enough away that it can frustrate Americans a little. They they can't. Yeah, it's it's a 
look at it players as an option to go into. I don't have the hex numbers, but you'll when you look at the board, it's toward the south, and there's three little buildings. Um, yeah, and so, and then the, the close combat, you lost the last two points on, I think. Right. So. Oh, yeah, no, you, I don't even think we had to get to the close combat. We did it just to finish out the game because oh, of our scoring system. Oh, but, oh, okay, right. Yeah, but no, I, I lost it when I rallied the 9-1 leader, and he killed himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started are we done with that any tech tactical advice for that one? Oh, uh no i mean just um don't let your opponent roll twos on six more <laughs> <laughs> then there's the wolf's howl this is actually a big game jeff you and i don't play them this large i'm the german i've got 18 squads no yeah okay that's just the starting yeah. set and a ton of medium machine guns and lights of different kinds, like French lights in there. All kinds of bounding fire productions products in there. A couple small mortars. Eight tanks. None of them have turrets. They're all stugs, stugs, I like to call them. And um, two 105s. And then there's also six more squads coming on with four light machine guns and two uh, Yagda Panthers, uh, Panzers, the, the tank hunters. Uh, right 88 yeah. ll guns so who doesn't love this stuff except there's no turrets a bit of frustrating but um so it's lots of stuff and some uh, opa on this one or no oh, this the one? yes huh? yes Plus. okay i got a hundred no mike's got a hundred i got a yeah you, we both have a hundred and then i've got the uh, which hasn't come on yet turn four i get it the turn we're about to start i know the, uh the observation plane with the one, what is it, 150? Oh, it's going to be horrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, 150. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a 150. Get in the basement, Dave. Get in the basement. Uh, what, do the do? the basement. what do you do? What uh, do you do? The buildings have been vital. You know, and he's caught me in the open a couple times with the more, with the OBA. He had three American mortars up on a hill ledge to open up to yeah. the 80, 81s. 81s, yeah. What happened to those? Uh, you eventually uh, suppress them, shall we say? Um, Mostly <laughs> long-range tank done fire. Their job. Right. Well, yes, they did their job for the time they had to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this game's. I think it's leaning your way, Mike. I don't know what you think. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we're half. We're not quite halfway. Oh, so. oh no! Right. No, we've only played yeah. two turns. No, we finished turn three. Did we and really? How many is it? Yep. Eight. Eight. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> but it takes, and I even pre-planned a whole move that because I had it in Basel, easily to look at it ahead of time, and told Mike, "Oh, it should be pretty quick here," and it just still takes forever to move and shoot. Yeah, you've got a lot of stuff to ponder. Yeah, the Americans have some AT mines and foxholes, and, but um. Sounds yeah, strategy good. here too. I, you know, again, it's the Germans have to enter in the northeast upper corner and then just work their way down through all these buildings. I'd say just move as fast as you can before the OBA gets going. Get a bunch of uh, stay in buildings and stone buildings everywhere. And uh, yeah, get your tank. Am I using my tanks wrong? I only fired smoke once. I guess you don't want to tell me, Mike, if I am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> They can do a lot of smoke. I think better players than me probably would have done more smoke. 
but uh, it's just more so is, tempting. More is better. Yeah, block the American line of sight. Yeah. Um, it hasn't helped that my radio observer keeps dropping his radio back. Yeah, I got lucky on that. A whole turn with you didn't get to put any yeah. OVA down. So, Alas. all right. And then you have a special scoring system we're doing. Yeah, so, right. We, uh, I've convinced Dave to play this whole, we're going to play all of Objective Schmidt in order. And then we're going to score each system, much as I talked about last time I'm doing with my friend, we're doing all of Crucible of Steel. So when we're done with it all, we'll have an overall winner based on the scoring system we've borrowed from uh, the Long March, the uh, that scenario pack that's mostly all infantry scenario pack about the Chinese. Um, mm. In it though, it has a very simple scoring system. Uh, it so it's not as you know as as large and complex as playing a campaign game. Uh, and I've we've always over the years that we've been playing, we've always been looking for a way to simply anytime you have a a scenario pack or a group of scenarios, play them to give it a little more context than just playing random scenarios and seeing who wins and loses. Uh, and so we've we've hit upon you borrowing this one when we played the Long March scenarios because it fits perfectly with any set of scenarios. You can just say, I'm going to, you know, any handful of scenarios that you agree to play one side or the other and just see at the end of it who's kind of an overall winner. So you can pick them from any set of scenarios that maybe a particular campaign you want to play, just a bunch of Normandy campaign scenarios or, you know, from any front. Uh, but it works particularly well when you have a new scenario pack, particularly the uh, the Bounding Fighter ones that present a chronology of scenarios that you can give uh, an overall context to without taking the time to have to learn a whole campaign game or anything. You can just, you know, continue to just to play the scenarios. So all, what it does simply is uh, you play a scenario, the first scenario, and the winner of that scenario earns eight victory points and the loser earns four. And then you take that scoring and then you modify it based on how many casualties as the winner you've either taken or inflicted. So say, you know, if you've taken, if you're, uh, if you've taken losses as you're, as you're the winner and you've taken 25%, of your CVP, then you lose a victory point, or if you've taken 50%, you lose two, or 75%, you lose three. But you get more victory points if you've inflicted more losses on your on the losing side. So if you've inflicted 50% casualties, you get an extra VP, and if you've inflicted 75%, you get two. So you just keep track of that from scenario to scenario, and at the end of it, you just tally up your VPs, and then you'll have an overall winner. So it lets you know it adds an extra element to your game where you, you're kind of thinking about force conservation or do I really want to take this position knowing I might you know wipe myself out and lose a couple more VP considering your past you know the scores from your past scenarios you might have to take that into consideration it just adds a little more flavor we really like doing that sort of thing where you know you get a little more narrative to your games and it it's fun I find it to be so. Yeah, and although I'm I'm having problems remembering that there's consequences beyond <laughs> the scenario itself. So right, right. I do have well, to we're only that. we're only one and a half in, so well, oh yes, you'll get could, used. Could be a lot. Could be a lot. Well, this one will be interesting too. I mean, the 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 added flair to this one is that because essentially there are two sets of scenarios: the one on the Schmidt map, and then a bunch of ones on the uh, other part of the uh, Vosnek um, map. Yeah. So in this game, when we do this, we're going to have a, a winner for the Schmidt map and then a winner for that map. 
And then there might be a stalemate because if, say, you win Schmidt, but I win Vosnack, well, then it's a tie. It'll be a stalemate. So, yeah. But we have a long, long, long way to go. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going to be doing that for a year, maybe years. That could be. We'll see. We'll try and step it up. We're going to try and pick yeah, a date right. to have consistently every week and then sneak in some more. So, yep. Well, I'd be interested to hear what happens with uh, this one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. <laughs> we'll see. And I think uh, that's going to probably wrap it up for this show. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think we'll just sign off, eh? Indeed. Thanks for listening, All everybody. Right. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And thanks, Mike Rizzi, for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. Come back in and, two weeks. Yeah. Very and remember, good. everybody, to roll low. And yeah, rally well, but, but not, not when you're, you're playing, playing us. Safe. No, don't do it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bye.